All right. Turn with me to the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 21. The Gospel according to Luke and chapter 21. Now you may notice that we've actually already read part of what today's lectionary reading calls for, which is a bit beyond verse 28, that goes into the lesson of the fig tree and then also a warning about watching yourselves. And I just want to read, or reread, really, 21 and 25 here, or at least starting in 25. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. People fainting with fear and with foreboding, of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up, or other translations said stand up, and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Drop to 34. But... These are all Jesus' words. Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and stand before the Son of Man. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I was with several denominational leaders this weekend. Some of them pretty big wigs, you know, Wesleyan Church, uh, the Free Methodist Church, the Salvation Army was represented there. And one of the things that one of the gentlemen brought out was that in Korea, even today, they'll do the same thing that they do every day, which is on the south side of Korea where the border is, they're going to speak the Word of God word by word slowly. And they're going to broadcast it over into the north. In other words, there's going to be someone broadcasting the Word of God just as we're... But, watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down. And they'll go word for word. And on the other side, they won't even be able to see them. But they'll be out there, and they'll be writing the Bible down to take it to their churches. As you know, there's a depletion of the Word of God on the northern side. And I just thought to myself, have we missed how precious this Word is? Let us not today miss the Word of God for us. It's interesting, isn't it? I don't know if you caught it or not, but it's fascinating how we begin Advent. I mean, the the place is beautiful here. It doesn't look like an apocalyptic scene where there's all of a sudden a nuclear bomb that has gone off. And yet we're dropped 
in our lectionary readings in a three-year cycle, and we're in cycle year C, we're dropped right into an apocalyptic prophecy of Jesus. The very first gospel reading is not one of, you know, they're going to be taxed and a manger and the inn. Instead, it's an apocalyptic scene in the future. You say, what in the world? I thought it was Christmas. Why is there judgment? I'm trying to get in this Christmas spirit, man. Why would you all of a sudden drop an apocalyptic prophecy on me? And Jesus does so here in Luke 21 because it's not yet Christmas. It's Advent. And Advent is a time of waiting. The word comes from a Latin of Advent, which means to come toward, to draw near, to approach. And haven't we just gotten out of a series in Exodus of God drawing them out? Why? To draw near. He's so excited about coming into his house, right into the midst of the camp. And he's so excited in his first coming too, to be received by humanity. And yet we know how that ends. And then we know how that ends with the resurrection and then the ascension. And yet there's an important piece we must not miss this Advent. And that is Advent points to another Advent. Just as those saints of old waited. Waited in hope. They didn't just kick back. They waited expectantly. They waited in joy. They waited in extravagant love for the Messiah, the Christ. So too, the saints for 2,000 years now have waited for this second advent. And I can tell you a fact, friend, about the second coming. We're nearer now than anyone else has ever been before. I'm not planning to give a date. (laughs) Just saying we're nearer now than anyone else before. His coming is near. And just assuredly, as he came and split time the first time, he will this time in his coming end time and split it into eternity for us to be with him for all ages, forever, in a glorified body. This, that's why it's so important not to practice Christianity in your head. Raise the hands up. Get the body involved. This body will die and be resurrected. That is our hope. Those who are in heaven now Wait for the resurrection. It is not over for them. Have we read our Bibles properly to know that the resurrection of the dead is the end? They're in a holding place. Yes, with God. Yes, in heaven. But not the final heaven. For the final heaven will be a joining, a rejoining of our bodies, glorified like our Lord. That, man, that is... that. Thank you. That's something to live for. For our bodies 
will let us down, won't they? Our bodies hold us back. Our bodies are a frail temple that must be destroyed and yet will rise again. Man, what hope is that, friends? That's hope. That's hope that when we laid my pappy in the ground, he's going to get back up again. It is just planting a seed, friend. He will rise again in the resurrection. Mm. In Luke 19, Jesus rides into town, into Jerusalem. This is his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He's been on a journey toward the north and he got all the way as far as Caesarea Philippi. Peter had his confession and then he turned his face toward Jerusalem and his ministry focused on those final weeks in Jerusalem. And finally, then, the Passion Week. And so he rides in on a donkey in 19. And then he clears out the temple. And if you were part of my lunch small group this week, we talked about the cleansing of the temple, which is amazing what, ha- what is happening there. Uh, then in Luke 20, the religious leaders begin to challenge Jesus' authority. Who are you to do this kind of stuff? Who do you think you are coming in here doing that? He speaks in parables of the evil farmers and says that they killed my son. Further questions. Credible attacks on him are rumored. His authority challenged. Then the widow gives all in 21. And then you come to this future apocalyptic prophecy section where he's speaking of Jesus speaking of his own second advent and tells us to remain watchful and then on the back side of this when you get to 22 really it begins sort of the passion narrative in in, in Luke there are plots to kill Jesus they're planning to kill Jesus then the disciples are planning for a Passover while Judas is planning for betrayal I wonder, in this season of Advent, how you come to this worship service. Which of the three might you be found doing? What are you planning for? A departure from Christ? Probably not most of us. But what about an inward betrayal where we'll literally eat at his table today, just as Judas did, and leave this room and betray him? Or, or, like the disciples, be welcomed to his table. Take this and eat it. Drink this. This is the sign of the new covenant. Our text today has a pretty clear message in 21 there. It says, and we read it earlier, it was in your responsive reading here. Stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is is drawing near. In other words, when you see these apocalyptic signs happening in the heavens, I mean, apparently nature gets involved with this, which nature is just such a powerful thing. I mean, last night I'm coming in, it's like 10 o'clock. I'm in the air above Huntsville. He circles Huntsville like four times trying to dodge all this stuff that's in the air. And and it was crazy because initially we were above the clouds. And I I have video that I've shown one of my sons already. And I'm planning to show the rest of them. I haven't seen them today. And uh, and it's lightning. 
below me, like right beside me in this cloud. It's like nothing, just pitch blackness. And I was like, and it's like, wow. And I just get a picture of, of even nature is going to be trembling at his coming. Reminds me of skip like lambs. If you're in my small, small group again a, a couple weeks back. When Christ comes, it's like a wave that everything else. He's coming. In the watchful section, he says, don't let it come up on you like a trap. Instead, already be standing up, looking around. Where? I I think I can see him. You know, I I get this. It's funny what comes in my head sometimes, you know. Thankfully, I don't have to share it with everyone, but I am going to share this one. Yep, and I had to look this up because I, don't, I didn't know what these were. I just had the image lodged in my head, probably like you. But you ever heard of these marquites? You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever heard of a marquite? I had not either. But you remember, it's these, it's these little rat gopher-looking things that are like in Africa, you know, that, that, that they pop their head up out of, like, you know what I'm talking about? They're really slender and skinny, but they're real jerky. You know, there's... Thank you. I must have wrote it down wrong. Meerkat. What did I say? Marcat? I didn't say marquee now. Come on. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> Meerkat. I need somebody to do this, okay? Every time I say stand up, I need somebody to do this number. Okay? Anybody willing to stand up? All right, I got, I got a player then. All right, good. Now, so we've got that out of the way. Some of us need to stand up and we need to think... We need to stand up for the right things. Some of us need to stand up for our children. And say, you know what? No one else is going to disciple them in Jesus Christ. It's my job. It's time for me to stand up. Some of us need to stand up for our spouse. Things are tough. And we need to lay ourselves aside and stand up for them in prayer. Literally, as the scripture says, stand in the gap between the enemy and God for them. That needs to happen. Some of you need to stand up for your friends. Stand up for the unborn. Stand up for those prisoners. We can deride them all day long, but what are we going to do about it when Jesus says, go to them? He doesn't put an asterisk there and say, go to them only if it's go to them. What about the sick? Who's going to stand up for the sick? Who's going to stand up for widows? Some even in our church and say, we love you. We want to help you. What about those who, we got a lot of widows that I'm going to see Wednesday. Love for you to join me at 2.30 at Madison Village. Just going to love on them. Nothing crazy, just love. We're standing up for what is right. Some of us need to stand up and tell about what God has done in our life. I know some of you, God is at work in your life. Stand up and talk about that. You know, I get this picture of the State of the Union. I don't know if it was this past year or the year before. You remember the North Korea guy? I, I forget all what was wrong with him, but he had these crutches. And he walked for hundreds of miles 
out of North Korea, out of this persecution. And he had been, it's just a terrible story. And here he is at the State of the Union address, and he's got these crutches in the air. When, you know, everybody, of course, is applauding. He's just standing there with these crutches in the air. And I'm sitting there, you know, crying. Yeah, baby, wait a You know, isn't it inspiring to hear how God is at work? Even in dark places like North Korea? I mean, I'm sitting there talking to these guys. In Iran, God is at work. One of the guys was going to Egypt where they have hundreds of churches. God is on the move, people. This is not, we're not a part of some chump organization. This is big. It's bigger than any business that anybody in this room works for. It's the operation of God. And we get to be a part of it. We get to be members, not only members, we get to be sons and daughters. Not just of the CEO, but the owner of all things. Wow. That makes coming to his table a little more important than any other table in the world. Maybe some of us need to stand up like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When challenged, you'll be put to death if you don't do that. We'll still stand up. On the way here, I was thinking and just sort of worshiping in my truck. (laughs) Um, That scene sometimes can be weird if you're in another car, you know. (laughs) Because I'm like really giving it to it, you know. Uh, Got the volume up and everything. And it was like the Lord said, you know what? You challenge people to give. I said, yeah, what's, what's wrong with that? I mean, we got to give to Mexico. We got to give to this. What if I want to send someone this year? I'm like, well, I mean, Lord, there's a lot of, you know, middle-aged people in our church. A lot of older people in, in our church. A lot of younger people in our church. He says, yeah, you remember how old Abraham was? What I did with him? What if God doesn't just want to want you to give your money? And that's great. Now, that's a fantastic, you know, really is. That's, that's wonderful. It, it gets stuff done. But what if he wants to actually call one of us to live in a different country to stand up for him? That, and I know everybody kind of does this number, you know. Not me, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just telling you what I heard. So, what if? I, I just, you know, it was something that I, I just sort of discount a lot of times. Just say, I don't. I wonder if you would pray with me that God would raise up a mission. Somebody to literally quit their corporate or whatever nice job. To go do Jesus' work. That would be something, wouldn't it? Somebody that stopped sloshing through what we would call retirement to get on the front lines of what Jesus wants. A young person, even the ones back there, that would say, you know what? I believe Jesus is calling me to do something. And I want my parents behind, I want this church behind it. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't. I just, I'm, I'm just saying, telling you what I heard. That'd be something, wouldn't it? I wonder if, I wonder if we could just pray for that. I mean, we've never had that happen at Harvest. We're doing a lot of stuff new recently. Let's do this new. What if we had somebody that all of a sudden stood up and just said, you know what? I've been feeling this for a long time. And I've rejected it. Just thought it wasn't, thought it was me maybe. I don't think so. Whoever you might be. And even if that's not you, you know what? Some of us need to see what we're doing now as a mission field. Stand up. Raise your head, right? I mean, those things get after it. You know what I'm talking about? Look. You know? I know I look weird doing that. <laughs> That's part of, the, part of the act, you know? These, oh, yeah, I do have it right in my book. Meerkats. I just read it wrong. Meerkats popping their heads up out of holes. Come out of your hole. <laughs> That's all I've got here. Come out. I, I wrote this on a plane, okay? So forgive me. I'm just like, I'm like texting away, and then this girl's looking over my. I'm kind of like, I, I kind of did this initially. I'm like, well, it's about Jesus, so I don't really care. So I just. <laughs> but at one point, it was like, <laughs> and you know, everybody's doing this number, and I'm like, and it said, I said something about like, Jesus is coming. You better be ready. And I, and, and I was, and I was like, I hope she doesn't think that I'm like purposely now like trying to witness to her some <laughs> weird way. But anyway. Um. You know, we were at a uh, Braves game, Jessica and I were, and, um, and, you know, at baseball games, you often hear this, right? Heads up, right? You know what I mean? That simply means when somebody hits a foul ball and it's coming over the fence, you're like, it's heads up. You're like, okay, you got to locate it, right? And so anyway, I, I, a ball was coming toward us, and, and I said, heads up, you know, and so she takes her drink and just pours it all over the guy in front of us. Um, he had a white shirt on. And it's just all over this dude. And we ended up, you know, laughing about it and talking about it. It was like a whole, the whole section knew and was laughing and stuff. But I, but I just got, again, that image in my head. Stand up, heads up. In other words, let's raise our gaze. I mean, I, I promise you, just being in public places a lot here recently, this is what everybody does. It's heads down all the time. It's this. How about a heads up? What do we, I mean, you know, I just, I, just to be different, I just sort of put my phone up and I sat there and I'm kind of like looking at the ceiling like a weirdo. But, you know, it, it, but I was praying and, I, and I'm thinking, we're not, as humans, we're not made, we're not like animals that, that are basically formed like this. We're upright like this. Very different. Let's look up. Let's send our hands up. Let's. Heads up to look for Jesus. What if we're just sort of expecting? I'm preaching to myself here this morning, by the way. Is, I've been asking myself, is my life one that expects him to break open the eastern sky at any moment? Or am I just sort of dilly-dallying, swiping through life, scrolling through my life? I don't want to live like that. I'll just be honest. I'm not... I'm not I'm not going to live like that. I've lived like that. I don't want to live like that anymore. 
I'm just being honest with you, having a confession time with you. Be watchful, Jesus says. I mean, this is his warning to us. Be watchful. That you're not just, notice, notice the two, you know, dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. It's great to have times of celebration. We're going into a time of celebration. But as Americans, we have something that most people just haven't been able to do, and that is we can feast every day if we want to. What would be considered by any stretch of the imagination a feast every day? I wonder during Advent if we, if we would just maybe even, again, talk to myself here. It's not in my notes. It really is me. If we would fast once a week, not for dietary, to say, God, you're more important than me feasting a meal this week. Eat something less than what you would typically eat. I don't know how it would work out for you. Something less rich, maybe. Just to say, you know what? The pleasantries of this life, I got to look up. I'm down. Do whatever it takes to heads up. Look for his coming. Expect it. (laughs) Even dare to pray for it. The book of Revelation, does it not end? Come, Lord Advent, Lord Jesus. The Spirit and the Bride say, Advent, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Hmm. The Christ child is coming. The manger is coming. Santa Claus is coming. But we got to wait. We got to wait. Until then, we wait. And we wait in hope. We wait with expectancy. We wait in such a way that we prepare the way for him. That's the point of popping our heads up, looking. We got to get things ready. You know how it is on a plane. I mean, again, forgive me, but I just got off a bunch of them uh, over the weekend. He comes on there, prepare for landing, you know, in some form or fashion. I just thought to myself last night, yeah, that, that's it. We, that's the reason we pop our heads up. We are preparing for his landing. He's the captain of our salvation, is he not? And, and it's funny, Wesley used to say, Concerning band meetings, actually, for those of you who are in band, he said, the purpose of this is that we can land safely on that heavenly shore. That's the reason we meet. That's the reason I check up on my brothers and say, have you been in the word? Have you been praying? Not just to God. Have you been praying for your wife, for your husband, for your children? What's going on in here, man? I see the blessings you got on the out in here. You can't do that by yourself, friend. I hate it for you. You can't do it by yourself. Heaven's not going to be a place where you are by yourself. It's time to get used to it. It's time to prepare the way. Prepare for our landing. I don't know that John Wesley knew about flight paths and whatnot, but I know he knew about salvation. And we are 
planning to land on that heavenly shore. And I want to bring as many people, the biggest Boeing jet we can get full of people. Or whatever company. The church is the vehicle by which people will be brought to that heavenly shore. We are the church. It's time for us to stand up, to heads up, and be watchful and alert. Don't plot to rid Jesus out of your life. Don't betray him upon walking out of this building. But instead, get all tangled up into his work. You'll never regret it. Watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap, for that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. Respond now to Jesus. It's a response to come even today to dine at his table, to feast upon the Lord Jesus Christ in faith. Come, Lord Jesus. Advent among us, Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.